the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team defeated the Northwestern Wildcats 85-78 this past Sunday. Kobe Bufkin nailed nine of his 11 field goal attempts to tally 20 points. Doug McDaniel surprisingly accumulated nine of his 17 points from behind the three-point line, plus he dished out five assists. Jet Howard amassed four successful three-pointers, 16 points, and seven assists, and Hunter Dickinson only recorded 10 points, but he provided a huge boost on the glass with 15 rebounds to aid the Wolverines to their 10th victory of the season. Michigan outscored Northwestern by 12 at the three-point line, and the Wolverines enjoyed a plus-12 advantage in rebounds. In curling news, the Canadian men's team, captained by Brendan Botcher, defeated the Swedish squad, led by Nicholas Eden, 5-3, to capture the Co-op Canadian Open Championship this past Sunday. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. You're there. You're not there. You're there. You're not there. You know, we do this show, and as we do the show, uh, my co-host and I are talking together with each other on Skype. And um, normally, Phil has his sunglasses on during the show. He didn't have his on, so I put mine on. And it's really bizarre what happens when you have polarized sunglasses on a polarized computer screen. You lift your head up, and everyone disappears. Put it back down and everyone's there. You're there. You're not there. You're there. You're not there. It's really great. Thanks for the curling news uh, there. Really appreciate it, Derek. You know, um, kids today go to school. They go to gym class. They spend their time in the bleachers playing uh, gin rummy or something. And they don't even know what a curling stone is. So uh, we'll have to educate them on that one day. Maybe they'll start teaching gym and gym again. But then again, why should I expect them to teach gym and gym when they don't teach math and math, history and history? English and English, you know, <laughs> so why should Jim be any different, right? And that's sort yeah. of our conversation for today. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked about our education system. Uh, last week, fantastic show, guys, last week. Um, I just have to say, I, I listened to it, and it was a great show last week. And, Thank uh, you. And yeah. so, uh, and that, between the two uh, last two weeks, it's going to kind of uh, come up to a sum here. We live in a nation that is promoting a system that is causing the genocide of the black race in this country. It's called abortion. Uh, we don't let people know that that's what's happening because we don't want them to know. And when I say we, I'm talking about the government. And the government is supposed to be we the people, right? The last time I looked, it was supposed to be we the people. So therefore, we are allowing this mass genocide of the black race by keeping people ignorant. And I'm telling you now, our school system is designed to keep people ignorant. 
back in 1932, and there was a speaker in Ann Arbor. I can't remember his name. I can't even remember the book uh, because while well, I'm old. Sorry about that. I don't know why that came on. And that was a commercial for your American heritage. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I I didn't have that scheduled to come up or anything. I apologize. Jeez. That's I'll go okay. home now. I, 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 I like that music. That's like one of the highlights of your show is that closing music. <laughs> so, you know, it brings back fond memories of every show that you close. So, no, that's okay. Um but the, the idea is that back in 1932, this book was written that was making the statement that uh, American history, this is in the 1930s, had it all wrong. That uh, we tried to portray that the black race was ignorant and did not know the political facts, that they just blindly followed the Republicans because they didn't, uh, didn't know any better. And that... Uh, in Reconstruction, that the South had it right, the North did not. And uh, which really surprised me. And then I, I realized, hey, the black were uneducated because they didn't educate the slaves. They kept them in the dark. They didn't want them to know anything. It was the white slave owners that stopped them from being educated. You had a few houses that would educate the slaves, but they were still slaves. Yeah, Ed. What was the what was the political affiliation of those white slave owners? Remind me. Uh, a Democrat. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure that. Uh. Yeah. And KKK Democrat. Yeah. All right. And uh, so, what do they do? They come up with an education system that continues to keep the inner city kids, where, by the way, is where most of the black populate is in the inner city. Not all, but they keep those schools down and keep them. <laughs> In the dark. Remember, the Republicans came up with an idea for vouchers. Hey, let a family send their kids to a school where they're going to get the best education. We will give them vouchers. And where their voucher goes, the tax money will follow. And they can send their kids to better schools if they want. Who fought that idea? Who fights that idea today? The Democrats. But they're getting to the point now where they have all the public schools so <laughs> uh, downgraded to you learn less in t grade 12 today than you would have learned in second grade back in the 1950s. I really believe that. Um, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like I said, you don't learn math and math. You don't learn history and history. You learn their whole new idea. I was reading an article on, on um, the January 6th I'm going to do the air quote insurrection, right? And uh, you want to talk about something? And I know this is a pet peeve for Phil. The left has a this thing of taking words and turning them around to mean something different. So now the word insurrection means what protest used to mean because that it was a protest. It was not an insurrection. Now there are those and uh, the. Um, <laughs> Uh, PolitiFact will say, oh, it was an insurrection. People had weapons. People had weapons. They found one guy who had weapons in his vehicle where he was nowhere near. <laughs> All right. Yeah. One no, gun. Nowhere near him. He had no access to them. He had a weapon. And by the way, weapons don't necessarily mean handguns. To be armed could also mean your skateboard, your crutches. Having something on your body, your shirt, 
you know, they're going through anything can be a weapon. So um, to say it's not an insurrection is wrong because everyone had weapons because anything can be a weapon. So now we can say any protest is an insurrection, right? <laughs> this is it's astounding what this nation is allowing. I, I want to say that again. It's astounding what this nation is allowing, what the people in this nation are allowing. I know the words I'm saying, I have a microphone that can be used as a weapon. Therefore, I know I'm, I guess you can say I'm an insurrectionist because uh, I got a microphone nearby and somewhere in my house might be uh, uh, a crutch (laughs) or a skateboard. I don't see me having a skateboard, but yeah, go ahead, Ed. Well, to your your point, it's, I get very concerned, you know, we both speak through microphones over the uh, over the air and we advocate for things like changing this government. I mean, I, I openly call for this government to be changed. That doesn't mean that I'm act, asking for an armed overthrow, which is an, erect, an insurrection. I'm asking God to move mightily. I'm asking the American people to vote. I'm asking, you know, our representatives to impeach. I want this government changed. And the uh, the definition of an insurrection is the act or an instance of open revolt against civil authority or constituted government. And yet, like you said, they've twisted it so much that, well, I'm t- sorry, when uh, Ms. Sansour, the uh, uh, PLO activist, entered the chambers during the uh Scottish hearings for who was this, the justice? I can remember her name. I can't remember his name. Uh, basically, had all the riots in the capital of all these people daily protesting, banging on the Supreme Court doors, and all the hearings going on. You know when what he was Kavanaugh. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you know, well, that, no, they let that go. That was just fine. But you know, when when you want to have uh, uh, a peaceful protest, like. Trump called for a peaceful protest, and then you got the government opening the doors and saying, "Well, come on in." Yeah, that's an insurrection. Yeah, it's. Uh... Uh, uh, well, what about when Trump was in the uh, in his White House and Oh yeah, Black Lives Matter came up to, up the road in the in the Secret Service. Burning buildings. Told yeah. him to go under to to the to the shelter, and he did. And when the people found out about it, what did they say? He was hiding in his bunker, trying to refer him to being like Hitler in his bunker. And oh, he was just in his basement like Biden was during the campaign. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the thing is that, that we have a media that has, has chosen sides, and then we have a a bureaucracy, a, a, a federal bureaucracy like the FBI, the CIA, and all of these people have joined with the media and to and chosen sides, and and this is why we we see what's going on. And uh, we never get a a real accurate picture because it's always favored on one side. So we can have a caller online and maybe he'll change the subject to get us back on track. (laughs) That's where I wanted to go. That would be unique. 
Joe getting us back on the conversation. Actually, I think he did that once before and he bragged about it during the course of it. But, you know. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Maybe that was your show. I don't know. Um, Could be. Hey, Joe, how you doing? I'm doing well, my friends. But first, thank you to Derek, because I was dying to know who won the co-op Canadian championship of curling. Because it know, was right? blacked out on my satellite dish. I couldn't watch it. You know, hey, hold on a second. The major media is hiding this from us. It's only on stations like Wham that you can get this news because the media doesn't want you to know. That's right. <laughs> what curling news you listen to? Moment of clarity. Yeah, amen. Stones are heavy and sorry the conversations. What? Moment of clarity? I thought this was a moment of curling show. Okay. <laughs> I can look at news to curl your hair. Yes. Anyway. I am actually going to kind of go down uh, Ed's sidetrack, who also boycotted and opposed and tried to block the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments that officially freed the slaves and gave them, as well as women, the rights to vote, the Democrats. I know. Who passed the Jim Crow laws, the Democrats. Who supported the segregation laws, the Democrats. Who supports segregation today with black-only dorms and black-only graduations, the fascocrats. Who filibustered the Republican-crafted Civil Rights Act so that Eisenhower couldn't sign it so that Johnson could sign it. The fascocrats, including uh, Al Gore Sr. and Robert Byrd, that the left still all praises today. And their excuse today is the big switch lie. Yeah, the Democrats did all that before, but today all the racists switched to the Republican Party manure. And Dinesh D'Souza does a great job of debunking that, listing all the Southern Democrat racists on screen and then changing them from blue to red, and it's less than 1%. And of course, the only one they can ever mention is Strom Thurmond. The left are still the fascocrats racists. You know, thanks a lot, Joe, for that call. Um, just be okay. I have to ask: Does does Joe cover any of this in his book Terror Strikes? You'd think he'd let us know that. No, I think it would have been no. Actually, hey, have you read the book? I, I've I read. Take some time and read it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, he he makes a lot of points, and, and at this point, I'm going to say, Joe, how racist of you to actually give facts? <laughs> Stop doing that. That's only part of the white patriarchy, you know, and and I I, I was I can tell you I was not a big fan of busing only because I would rather see vouchers happen. Okay, but who is the Democrat who says you don't want to you don't want to have busing because you don't want them coming to your school? Who was that? I know. Oh, did it have something to do with jungles, too? You don't want your kids in that jungle. Would that be uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, former Senator Joe Biden? And current acting president, Joe Biden. Current acting president, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we uh, we live in a nation now that the government, since they cannot silence one race, they're going to silence the whole race. So they have an elite, a uh, ruling elite, so to speak. Uh, the but, day- what, but, but what they 
they also are silencing you. You are as a preacher, you as a a uh, person of, of great, uh, I'm talking about you, Ed. You, a person that has a deep knowledge of religious and-, and, and Not you, uh, Rick, me. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, what I'm saying is he is an official preacher, right? Yeah. You are a guy that has a lot of knowledge on religion. I, I envy your knowledge of that. But they have taken your, they, they are on the route to take your First Amendment right to freedom of religion and the freedom of uh, of uh, association. Yeah. Yeah. Here, and, 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 and that's what the whole that's what the whole plot is about. Yeah. You know, to take take away the constitutional uh tied to government the, the limitations that the constitution puts on government and have the government having all of the power you know and here, here's the thing phil it's not just the first amendment that they're trying to just extinguish not distinguish but extinguish um it's it's the whole bill of rights the bill of rights are in the way they are they are mm -hmm. negative rights for the government as as Obama points out, these are negative rights for the government because it prevents the government from doing what they want to do. If they can't get rid of those those rights, then they have to act within them, or they redefine them. Well, that's if, what if they can't get rid of it, they redefine it. What is an arm? Now you're allowed to be armed. You can have your skateboards. You can have your crutches. It doesn't specify gun. Uh, you're allowed to arm yourself with with uh, pitchforks and and brooms and everything else. It doesn't define guns. The government can say we're going to take that out of your arsenal and we're going to allow you to uh, keep your swords. skateboards, swords, knives, uh, galvanized pipes, knives, <laughs> and they'll take the knives and the swords and the bows and everything else. But we will have our skateboards and our crutches. Right, because now they're redefining what it is, what it is to be armed. And remember that guy in, remember that guy in Waukesha who mowed all those parade people down at Christmas with a car. I yeah, think the car was an automatic model too. I don't think it was a stick shift. You yeah, know? it was an assault vehicle. Yeah, it wasn't black. No, he was. <laughs> it was camouflaged to fit in with all the other cars. Yes. Yeah. So it was camouflaged. So yes. it was assault vehicle, camouflaged assault vehicle. It fit in with all the other vehicles. Hate to make light of the death and murder, I but that guy, that guy's like got off virtually scot free. I mean, he's facing some charges, but it ain't the media lets that one die. It, it, the problem we have is we are allowing it. I can the day. I think it was the day that Trump was sworn in, Nancy Pelosi called the meeting and the lies started coming right away. They they did not accept the election of Donald Trump. They they did not see him as president and they started the lies right away. The ripping up of, of papers behind him and I mean, everything was designed to show that they do not accept him as president. Yeah, and, 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 and they and, decided and, right then to- what? What's even worse is Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan joined in with the Democrats by saying his agenda was not their agenda. And I don't know how you can be in the same party and, and, and on the same winning side 
And then all of a sudden, when uh, when he lets you know what he is going to pursue as a legislative agenda, <laughs> your your leader of the House of Representatives and your leader of the Senate say that they are not on board. That is the, I mean, I I I I wrote in a in an article that 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 was the end of the the whole shebang right there before it even started. It's it's to get us back on track. It's not just one or two little things. We look at we look at Washington as Republican and Democrat. I'm going to say we need to start looking at Washington as the government, the ruling elite, and we are allowing them to do things that we don't like because, well, they they stand up for one or two things we like, but the rest they're against us. We need to start making sure that in our elections we vote for people that are sound across the board that are going to protect the rights that God gave us. They can't take away the rights. They can take away my freedom by throwing me in jail, but they can't stop who I believe in. They can't stop me from talking. They may cut out my tongue, but my thoughts are still there. They can't control that. So they're working on it. They got drugs. They got drugs. So, okay, keep us all stoned and in the dark. And uh, all that fentanyl's going somewhere. Yeah, you know? and but they they are they letting people think that that is their uh, initiative, and they are making it easy for it to come here. And I say that that is the dereliction of duty, also, to allow this stuff to continue to come in here. And we may not even we may even have contamination of our pharmaceuticals because of such a a uh, high percentage of of the uh, access that the Chinese have to our pharmaceutical industry. Well, you know, a lot of our pharmaceuticals are made in, well, China. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yep. They could just poison us and they could put fentanyl in all of our gabapentin, you know. That'd be fun. I can't take gabapentin. So, hey, no fentanyl for me. (laughs) The thing about (laughs) it is... find something. The thing about it is that's right there obvious is that be, for the ages of what uh, 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 between 15 and 40, that's the number one cause of death in this country. Fentanyl, a foreign substance that's getting in the country illegally. It's, it's incredible what we are letting and allowing to have access to our country. And we, we may have the conduit in the White House, between him and his son. Oh, he's our narco president. There's no two ways about that. He's, he's a big, the hugest facilitator of the importation of drugs and, and facilitating the cartels we've ever had at that level of government. And, 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 and it's a legalized trafficking of drugs and of people. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and, and we, we get no attention to that part part of it of of the uh, the the ignoring of the duty of the executive in this country i just want you to know uh, our phone number is uh 734822 1600 
sorry, I was going to say voucher, which is an inside joke between Ed and I. If we're taking calls, we should probably do it after the break, right? Yeah, but uh, just to let you know, we have a break coming up, so we'll take all calls after that break. Uh, real quick, I want to get this on. What is the answer to allowing the government to dumb down this nation, to keep us in the dark? And that's exactly what's happening. I think God has to be involved. I think it's going to take prayer. I think it's going to take parental control. Parents, you've got to get together and find out what your kids aren't learning in school. I mean, you have to undo what they're not learning. <laughs> so, Parents need to become aware of what's going on. That's one of my biggest prayers is that, that the, the American people would understand what's happening. All right, we'll be back after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings ended their three-game losing streak when they defeated the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 in Sin City this past Thursday night. Lucas Raymond lit the lamp in the first three minutes of the opening period, while Dominique Kubalik tallied a power play goal roughly two and a half minutes into the middle frame, and Joe Valeno shot the puck into the open net seven minutes and 48 seconds later to complete the Red Wings scoring. Jonathan Berggren, Oscar Sundvist, Dylan Larkin, Philip Hronick, and Jordan Osterley each recorded an assist to complement the strong performance between the pipes by Ville Husso, who stopped 33 shots to lead Detroit to their 19th victory of the season. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. That's right, that's right, I'm sad and blue, because I can do the boogaloo. I'm lost, I'm lost, can't do my thing, and that's why I sing. Gimme, gimme that thing. Silent breed is people! We gotta stop them somehow! We gotta stop them, but how? How do we stop them? That's the question of the show. How do we stop them? They're killing our babies. Sully, Pete Green, our people, I'm telling you. How do we stop them? We kill our babies and we say it's okay. We kill each other and we say it's okay. It's okay to loot. It's okay to do. It's okay to burn down the city if you're a Democrat. But if you protest and have a skateboard, you're an insurrectionist. We got Glenn on the phone. He wants to make a comment about Ted Cruz, Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, and Frank Lutz. You know, Frank Lutz... Before you get on, Glenn, just so you know, Frank Lutz, uh, you know, apparently, and this explains a lot, he recently had a stroke, and uh, he said that he got the biggest hug from Joe Biden. Quite, he says, he gave me the biggest hug, and he didn't let go. Little did Frank know that Joe was sniffing his hair during that whole thing. So, creepy on Joe. Say, that was the hey, first I heard. <laughs> go, go ahead. Um, I, am, I, am I on the air or not? You are. You are on the air. Okay. I, I wasn't sure. Um, anyway, I heard uh, when when uh, when Donald Trump was in was in the presidency, and he was talking about about Obamacare and the Republicans. I've been hearing before that Obama had, and the Republicans had a better plan. They had a better plan. They had a better plan. And when when uh, Donald Trump 
said, okay, Paul Ryan, step up here, and what do you got? He kind of shook his, shook his shoulders, and he had nothing. Well, all that time that I heard that we had a better plan, but that really just turned me off to uh, Paul Ryan from that day on. But um, Paul Ryan, um, um, the uh, I've, I've been getting, I, I, I like Ted Cruz. I was a supporter of Ted Cruz during the primaries. He lost, and I was very happy that Ted, that Donald Trump won. But uh, when Paul Ryan was brought up again, in a letter from Ted Cruz, and I think it was like, you know, we we can bring Ted, you know, we can we can bring Paul Ryan back, and I just couldn't imagine um, Ted Cruz and Paul Ryan and him being mentioned in this letter, and I I didn't give any money to Ted Cruz for a long time. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that Ted Cruz was thinking that everybody is looking to see Paul Ryan back into the Republican Party, into the current state of affairs in Washington. Do you, did, am I reading that right? Or do you, anybody else have that sense that, sense that uh, Ted Cruz and Paul Ryan had some kind of a, a good relationship that I didn't uh, note? I, not before he left. Matter of fact, I, I got an idea that Ted didn't agree with a whole lot that Paul has to do. <laughs> Paul, Paul is too much of a centrist for Ted. Ed, well, that, I, 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 that, that was, I, I called. I didn't, I, I got the sense that uh, Ted Cruz and Paul Ryan or Ted Cruz was thinking that Paul Ryan should come back. And I, maybe I read it wrong and I didn't have the op- opportunity to ask anybody, but I, I have not read that letter yet. So I'm going to. I, I thank you for your opinion on it. I hope that is the case. <laughs> yes. Along the lines of Paul Ryan, I I remember, you know, a few years ago when I used to call into Bill Bennett regularly, and Paul Ryan had started out as uh, an assistant to Bill Bennett and then worked his that. way up through the ranks and then got elected. And, and when that. he was up for House, Bill Bennett, who I believe is a very good conservative, very good conservative, and uh, he was all excited about his guy. Paul Ryan becoming Speaker of the House. He became very disappointed in him. He didn't want to badmouth him, but you could tell he was very disappointed, Mm -hmm. as all of us were, obviously. We could have had it so much, and we got so little. Well, I recall that that Bill Bennett had uh, Paul Ryan as a guest. I think he was retiring, and it was like near the end of his, uh, and he was very happy to have Paul Ryan as his guest. And he was excited before he was on the air, but during the program and at the end of the program, <laughs> there was a whole different opinion that I had that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Bill Bennett had of Paul Ryan. Yep. Anyway, yes, thank you for your time. Since then. I appreciate it. Didn't uh, Paul Ryan get into the uh, the board of directors at Fox? Isn't he on mm-hmm. there now? I don't you know. I believe you're right. I believe you're right with the Murdochs. Well, Glenn, yeah. what, what did you have to say about Frank Frank Luntz? I saw that in your comment of from from Derek. Oh, he's gone. Never mind. Hey, everyone has an opinion about Frank. <laughs> what Frank you're talking about? Let me be frank with you. No. Uh, so, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. Just remember the movie where a guy said, I'm going to be Frank. And he said, well, who am I going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be Frank and Ernest. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. 
Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> so, uh, folks, the question is, and I want to hear from you. What are you going to do to come out of the dark? This, the, the government's been trying to keep us there through our education, through our news, through our media. Our politifacts, our, our people that check the facts of the story are run by the liberal regs. The liberal liberal newspapers are the ones that run uh, politif like politifact. The Tribune, Tampa Bay Tribune, <laughs> a liberal rag, you know, they're all run by Democrats and liberals. And we go, oh, but Politica says this, Scope says this. And uh, guess what? You can't take them as the gospel. Just because it's on the Internet doesn't make it true. So we're kept in the dark. How do, how do you get your information? How do you learn what's going on? And if you're not learning what's going on, how do you find out how to do that? How do you make the changes necessary? Yeah, Ed, go ahead. Give me the answers. Oh, oh go ahead, Phil. Go ahead, Phil. Sorry. That's one of the reasons why it's so concerning that uh, Paul Ryan was uh, on the uh, Fox board because that's the only outlet that really uh, gives you at least two sides of a story. Uh, and and uh, and they have done what to Fox, what they have done to people like uh, Trump. I mean, they, you know, anything he does is because he hates people, because he's a racist. And this, they have, uh, they have made Fox the, uh, I mean, just the the. The wolf in sheep's clothing, and 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 uh, people uh, would pick that up and start to believe it, because there are a lot of people that that listen to nothing else but Fox, and they are, I mean, just soundly um, berated for the fact that they that, that they listen to to Fox, but. The, the the garbage that I see on some of the other cable networks, I have no idea how they could get away with putting that stuff on. Yeah, and I'm reading right now. He started in uh, 2019 on the board of directors, and he's still on as of May 26, my birthday, uh, 2022. I believe he's still on board of directors. Um, and one point he was appointed. Uh, he served as the chair of the nominating and corporate governance committee with Fox. Basically, who's going to run it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, and of course, yeah. he's virulently anti-Trump. You know, and I, I don't know. The one of the biggest concerns about uh, uh, Kevin uh, McCarthy is that he will be a Ryan-like figure. I think that's one of the biggest concerns is that he's just going to carry on the Ryan tradition. And I think that what we saw with uh, the the insurrection. Of the twenty Republican congressmen who said, "Oh no, we're not voting for you," uh, you know, to hold his feet to the fire, and make certain promises. I think that was uh, that was one of the better things we've seen in government. It wasn't insurrection; they were armed. They were armed with a vote. They had a left and a right arm. They had a left and a right arm, so that makes it an insurrection. And they used it to vote with, yeah. You know that one of our very first shows I ever did on Moment of Clarity. <clears throat> it was kind of like more directed by Phil. Uh, it was about how the left changes the language. 
how they make things mean something different than what they meant. Uh, and we see that happening and we've become so accustomed to it that uh, we don't know what words mean. We're told that the Democrats were the party of tolerance. Tell me that they're tolerant now. Even by their definition, how do you say that they're tolerant? And by the way, their definition is wrong. But uh, um, they keep changing words on us. And how, how, do you, how do you live in a society where words no longer have meaning? One of the original premises of the show that you wanted to talk about was, you know, basically the education of inner city youth. Right. And thank you for boy, that us. becomes that becomes a real um, um, minefield for a white person to talk about for any white person. And we see so much activity. I'm glad we have a token black on our show so that, you know, we can deflect any criticism. Isn't that right, Phil? Yeah, well, because the, the, the criticism, you think I would get criticism, just look what they've done to a great American in, in Ben, uh, 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 ben Carson. In, yeah. Uh, if uh, only we had a black caller once in a while, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. all we get is all we get well, is people who don't support we, Biden. We, we get Walter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want to finish this. This is <laughs> not there. I I want to talk about this. Maybe we'll talk about it with Walter, but I'm I am concerned about how racist we can look when we talk about how stupid a large proportion of the non-white community acts. Let's not say white people don't act stupid, but when we look at what's happening in the inner city, it comes across as racist. And I think some people, I've seen stuff on blogs and internets, you could actually see some of their reaction as looking very racist. I'm sensitive to that. And yet, no, we're just concerned about what the heck's going on and what's being foisted. The biggest problem we have there is the education system that's being given in the inner city. Look at they want to they want to defund police in the inner city, <laughs> right? The people mm-hmm. in the inner city they're saying no, don't do that. We need the police. Don't defund the police. But because we we love the inner city so much, we're going to defund the police. Do you see a mixed message there? I do. Hey Walter, thank you for calling. God love you. God bless you. And uh, folks, put on your seatbelts. It's Walter. Hey yeah yeah I would like to say I'm glad you guys brought up. Paul, Paul Ryan. Uh, I have in the past renamed him Paul Lion Ryan. You know, <laughs> believe it or you not, are- you guys, I don't know how short-sighted a lot of people are, but let me refresh our memories on Paul Lion Ryan. In the past, he was reluctant to become Speaker of the House. He did it reluctantly, not, it's not from his heart. He made a statement made a statement. He says, don't think that I'm going to be attacking, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, attacking my counterparts, the uh, Democrats. No mudslinging, no criticism. I don't know if you guys remember that. I'm not quoting it completely verbatim, but I remember that. Was sent up warning signals to me about him that he was a crook, and still is a crook to this very day. And let's take us back a little bit farther. You guys remember he had that debate with uh, uh, Biden sitting at that table, that round table? Mm-hmm. Biden kicked his butt in that debate. 
he's a he was a terrible debater. He was a wimpy, empty, skimpy, low life person then. And he had he looked like a deer, as they say that saying. He looked like a deer in headlights when he was uh, sitting across from Joe Biden. Joe Biden walked all over him. And it, that's what gets me about some of these Republicans like him. I've seen some of the past debates right before the midterm election, including DeSantis. They will kick his butt in the, in the debate. Everybody's all everybody's anointing him to be the next president before his time. He will be a terrible debater. And that's just what Democrats want. They want people like Ryan and, and, and these weak Republicans that cannot beat a Democrat in the debate, whether it's on the local level, national, whatever. I've seen a lot of those Republicans get their butts, their butts kicked. And some of them won in spite of it. Hey, Walter, I'm going to change subjects They were tiptoeing around the tulips on the abortion issue. It's as if they were apologizing that they were extreme pro-life. It's just right. like Ed okay. said. we got to teach okay. these, these people that they are the far extreme. It's because they're immorality. They want to murder babies and stuff like that. But Paul Ryan... I don't care for him, never care for him like I did in John Boehner. John Boehner, I wanted a tea party. I went to a tea party meeting at the, at the diner or some kind of restaurant on E-Course years ago. Big Sky. I wanted about Joe, I wanted about, uh, I wanted a tea party about John Boehner, and, and they wouldn't listen to me. And lo and behold, what did he, do? he start doing? He started playing golf and negotiating with Obama, his buddy. And what has he been proven to be over the years? A lying crook. Just like Paul Ryan, hey, Ryan Ryan. Walter, Walter I got I, I want to change direction here a little bit, and I got a question for you. Um, you can be the the voice crying in the wind here on this one. Uh, we're talking about how the inner cities are purposely being degraded and run down. And my question is, I know you listen to another radio station, and you are an avid caller on there, and they absolutely hate it when you call. Uh, but when you listen to that station, do they state why they keep voting in the same garbage year after year, election after election, Democrat after Democrat, when their cities are dying? Why don't they ever try to change the fact that their city is dying and try voting a different way? Got well, any comment on what they would state while, on By that? the way, it's been a while since I called there because it's got the same insane old dried out, dragged out, dried out, fried out talk show host. But one of the biggest ringleaders of their ignorance, the useful idiot blanks on that station, is their pastors. The, the, uh, the pastors is just not preaching a gospel, God's pill for man's sin, and his, his, that even carries over to the way he politically votes. Like Pastor Yule used to say in the past, you cannot separate your condition and your plight of your city from your politics, no matter how ju- high you jump and shout in your churches, which there a lot of them do, but half of the pastors That's... are crooked. They're black activists. They're leading. They're leading the people astray, and people look up to them in these inner cities, not just Detroit across America. These black pastors are some of the ring leaders of their ignorance. And well, that's a they problem in white churches. Inactive man. pastors in white churches is a problem. That's right. They shied away from the uh, COVID. Uh, they, prefer, they, ref- they shut down like everybody else, refused to keep their churches open. Yeah, I know what you're saying there, Ed. But uh, they're black activists. Every time there's a racial demon that pops up, what do they do? You see them on Channel 7, Liar Steam, Channel 4, Channel 2. Uh, they go out there complaining about white supremacy and all that crap, which don't exist. But, 
Yep. Well, the black pastors, uh, well, they learned a lesson from the black pastors in Brooklyn. They adopted uh, they adopted Margaret Sanger, and the Democrats says, "Hey, look, we can convince black pastors. We can convince their whole society." So I think you're you're hitting it right there. Um, thanks a yeah. lot. We got uh, another caller on the phone, Ruth. You want to talk about faith? And I'd love to hear about faith right now because I think it's going to take a lot of faith <laughs> to get this nation yeah. through what it's going through now. Okay, what I what I wanted to say, you're asking, what are we doing to change this? Well, I'm what I am doing is on I'm on my knees every morning, and I'm asking God to wake up my Christian brothers and sisters and re- help them realize that this is a battle between God and Satan, evil and good, and we need to put on the spiritual armor and we need to be asking God for forgiveness for our personal sins and for the sins of our nation, which are horrific, and asking him to help us by giving us wisdom to know what to do and how to approach it. The only answer to this situation we find ourselves in is found in God. We need to be reading our Bibles and praying and Asking him for divine help. That's the only way that we can really solve this problem. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think she's right. Amen. Divine intervention. It's going to take prayer. Where have I heard that before? We lost uh, Phil somehow. Hopefully Phil will call back in. Um, I, I muted him because he was snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect on people. No, yeah, to- my my contention is is that if you are not if you are not a Christian, you are ill-equipped for the battle that we're in. But unfortunately, many Christians are ill-equipped for the battle that we're in because they're not aware there's a battle. Nobody's telling them. I I just read uh, an article, and I'm going to air quote here by uh, a Christian pastor. He um, counts himself as a politically liberal pastor that uh, love is love, and yeah, love is love. But uh, what does it have to do with sex, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, I think you know me. Now, you know, and he's all for the same multi-gender stuff. And you know, even the liberal churches didn't always believe that way. You had a, a, a thing that you played earlier, a beautiful song by someone who used to be a pastor in a liberal church, and even he knew the truth. But that has changed within that same congregation, that same denomination. Do you have that cut? By uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. Boys are boys from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Girls are girls right from the start. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. Your body's fancy, and so is mine. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can grow up and be the daddies. Yes, sir. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? <laughs> you know, and, and but that same denomination now is flying the rainbow flags outside their churches. They're it's ridiculous. Flags of surrender. Yeah. And, and by the way, they it's not real rainbow flags. They're they're the <laughs> they they take a color out, racist. <laughs> I never noticed. Six and seven. Yep. Yep. They take a color out. 
but it's uh, so the, the, my point being is even the mainstream churches on the corner are, are just falling into this liberal political liberal crap and uh, not standing by their faith. They're, they're, they, they are jumping the God ship, <laughs> so to speak, to jump onto the world ship. And uh, well, rats jump ship and they, they don't have faith in God. So they're going to put it in politics. And uh, so they want the they want the coffers to be full. They want people to keep keep giving them money. So what do they do? They uh, love is love. If they want to get married, let them get married. Marriage is an institution given to us by God. It's not just a social contract. Yeah, Ed. I was at a church, and at the end, as usual, the pastor asked for prayer, and I thought I'm going to put it right out there. And I said I had in general asked before pray for our country. This time I said. I want to pray for the people who are uh, victims of the government over January 6th. On that, folks, love you all. We'll see you next week on A Moment of Clarity. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600. With your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio. 